0: Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Not a fun day here in Ravensland tonight um, the NFL season is starting a 7-7 tie currently but uh, we have to talk about the Ravens injuries and uh, we spent a fair amount of time with Sarah Ellison you may have heard it um, already and tonight Kyle Trimble joins us from Buffalo country Kyle how you doing I'm doing very well Ken thanks for having me on I appreciate you making the time for this, Kyle. So, uh, you know, we have the reason you're on here is is because you have a background in sports injuries, and you can tell us a little bit about uh, an ACL injury and what a player goes through when they have one. So,
2: an ACL injury is an injury within the knee. It's the anterior cruciate ligament. This really helps prevent anterior translation of the tibia. So you have your femur, which is a thigh bone, your tibia, which is a shin bone. This prevents the tibia from shifting forward, and this helps keep the knee articulated together. Um, this definitely helps out with your cutting motions, uh, prevents from any laxity of the knee, and just allows you to do jumping, cutting, Um every activity that you need to in order to do sports uh, appropriately. Uh, one final thought with that is the ACL has mechanoreceptors that allows your body to understand where you're at in space. So that when you're moving around, you can say, Hey, I have to shift left, right. And your foot knows where to go in terms of the, where the knees at. You're not just hmm. stepping and hoping that you take that next step and move on. So that ligament communicates
1: effectively to to your foot to tell, to explain what's going on. It's, it's, it's communicating by its connections to the foot, right?
2: To the foot, to the brain, everything else like that. Okay. So all the connections come from the brain and then it's, everything's working in sync with each other. And when you don't have the ACL, if it's torn, then your body has to relearn how to do those fluid motions. And you or I, if we, we do this, it's not as big of a deal because we get that back. But in an NFL or NBA or MLB athlete, those Split-second decisions are what makes them the elite athlete versus your weekend warrior. Okay, that's that's fascinating. That's something I never knew about the ACL and, and what its
1: you know mechanical, uh, you know usage was. That's interesting. So I always thought you know stability of the knee and you've kind of gone in elements of that, but actual communication to the foot is an interesting, uh, you know, part of that. Tell us a little bit more now about what an athlete goes through when they when they tear the tear an ACL. What what are the steps they have to go through in that rehab process? You know, beginning with what they have to do to stabilize them, then surgery, and whatever might come after that.
2: So initially, when they tear the ACL, most of the time the athlete. They don't always know, but the trainers, uh, orthopedic doctors, they know almost immediately on the field. They do what is called an anterior drawer test, and they look for the anterior translation of the tibia. So they get the knee up in 90 degrees, and they pull on the shin bone, that tibia, and if they see that come out too far, then and they say that laxity, then they know that there is likely an A cell injury. They always do the, M- the MRI afterward to uh, see how... Yeah, to to confirm. Uh, But most of the time they know exactly on the field what happened. Um, They always do other tests too to see if there's any other uh, ligament damage, such as uh, the MCL, PCL. And then they're also sometimes checking for the meniscus because the MCL and meniscus do uh, are are commonly uh, injured when an ACL is uh, injured um, during the sport there. Okay, so we've
1: had some very serious knee injuries in Baltimore before. Nico Saragusa had, I believe, all three ACL, PCL, MCL. I don't know what that might have involved in terms of the meniscus because I didn't I didn't hear it, but I know that was a very traumatic knee injury that that was very difficult to recover from. Uh, are, what is the easiest type of ACL injury to recover from? It
2: uh, easy that <laughs> it's either. Either you sprain it, which is really rare in general, or it's a, a partial complete tear where they have to do a reconstruction. So there's not really an, an easy uh, recovery from an ACL. Uh, we did okay. see with Ryan Tannehill a few years ago where he tried to come back from a partial tear and it just, it just didn't work for him. He ended up still missing the entire year even after trying to come back without surgery yeah it's it's probably
1: insensitive of me to call it an easy you know tear or not, but are you better off just tearing your ACL as opposed to also having other things tear? or is there any element of this that's like Tommy John surgery where where it's almost like they hope a pitcher gets it at a certain age and that they can recover from it at that point as opposed to waiting to the major leagues for it to happen.
2: Age does play a part into when you have the ACL tear, but we've seen young players uh, suffer the ACL tears and play, and we've seen older uh, players suffer the ACL in return. So the age is a factor, uh, but you brought up a good point with that. If you have an isolated ACL tear, you're going to have a better outcome than we see when there is a associated meniscus, MCL, PCL, uh, but sometimes LCL. Um, when there's multi ligament damage in there, then that's when you start seeing bigger problems. Um, I know Nick Boyle, I believe your guys tight end last year, Mm -hmm. had a real serious uh, knee injury and he tore multiple ligaments in there. So I haven't seen where he's at, but I know that he, I'm sure he's still working his way back. And we've seen um, other, uh, another former Ravens running back, Willis McGahee. He came back from his devastating knee injury uh, to play in Buffalo and then eventually to Baltimore. But he took a good year, year and a half to really get back. And then even then he wasn't, Quite back to normal, so we do see how those isolated tears can be more simple or easy rather than some of the complex tears and we see how effective they are when they come back all right all right now
1: in in terms of how a player would rehab through this what, what are kind of the stages
2: in terms of building that knee back up? Uh, the first stage is really just trying to control base swelling, minimize the pain. Regain some of that range of motion, and you're really trying to protect the surgical area. Um, they will take either a uh, graft from the patellar tendon, which connects to the the front of the tibia and the patella in the front, or sometimes they'll take a hamstring uh, tendon graft, and they'll put that into the knee uh, in the same location where the ACL was. Sometimes, sometimes the fibers is still there that they can. Uh, sew it up with that so that it can help kind of heal back more naturally and you get some of those mechanical receptors in there but sometimes they had to clean that stuff out otherwise there's problems so they had to put that back in there and then they're just trying to make sure that, that graft heals properly they don't want to create any laxity in there or they have it at the wrong angle because then if it's at the wrong angle then it won't function properly then you still got screwed up knee after all that rehab hmm Okay, so so that's interesting. So I I think of a graft as being a more complex
1: procedure. I guess they're getting better at it. Do they do they graft exclusively from the same uh, person, or do they 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 are they able? I remember in the case of Carson
2: Palmer. He used somebody else's. Uh, I think it was Carson Palmer. Maybe I have the wrong athlete. It very well could be Carson Palmer. They've done it with a lot of people. They're seeing the allograft, autograft. Uh, they've used other things too, such as they've tried synthetics and. Um, some other materials, but they found that either you harvest from uh, the patellar tendon or the hamstring tendon, or they take it from a cadaver. And those have seemed to be the best outcomes um, in return to play. Okay. So, so
1: cadaver, uh, that, that was what I recall for, for Carson Palmer was, it was from a cadaver or maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was another Bengals quarterback or another Bengals player um, that had it done, but it might've been Palmer. Um in any case, uh, that's some some fascinating stuff. Now, you now the surgery. Once the surgery is complete, then what what are the steps after
2: uh, after that to try and get the get the player healthy again? So, going back to that first stage here, you're registering, protect the area. You're trying to reduce the swelling because the body goes into the inflammation phase. This, even though. The ACL injury has occurred, and then surgery, which is a planned procedure, occurs. The body still goes into that uh, inflammation phase, where it goes into wanting to protect the area, wants to begin healing. So there's going to be a lot of uh, fluid uh, that causes inflammation to the area, and it begins the healing process. So we want to make sure that it doesn't get out of control, and that swelling hinders that uh, range of motion and the proper healing in the area. Uh, excuse me, in the area. So you want to make sure that just you get things calmed down in there and make sure that you start working, make sure that you can do your basic stuff around the house. And then you slowly Mm -hmm. start working on getting the quadriceps turned back on, uh, going back to the inflammation phase, uh, phase, the body wants to shut everything down as a protective measure and doesn't allow things that, You don't want to work through it and cause further injury. So we found through rehabilitative techniques that if we start turning some of those muscles back on, even through isometrics, such as quadriceps, get the calf muscle working again, the hamstrings, this allows things to turn back on and prevent it from atrophying, causing uh, further problems. Uh, We did see, for example, Saquon Barkley, he's coming back from his um, ACL recovery himself he has a smaller quadricep on the affected side compared to the other side. Now he's going to play week one, but we do see where the muscle does atrophy because of that protective measure of the body trying to heal itself. Interesting okay um,
1: it, what what kind of um, inflammation reduction can you use? I know I've had certain things happening where where I've had a, a muscle in my neck or whatnot, and one of the things that had to be done was they, they had to give me steroids to just calm down the area first and I is how they described it. I was wondering if that was part of anti-inflammation or or is that maybe that's not allowed uh, by NFL rules or how how would they Treat
2: that cold or what would you do? They would definitely use ice compression, elevation, gravity assisted, just getting that leg up. That really helps shunt some of the excess fluid back toward uh, the heart. And that allows it to pump it out there. Uh, Massage um, ankle pumps as simple as it is that uh, active motion of the ankle flexes the calf and and moves it. And that helps pump some excess fluid out of there Um, and just work on the range of motion the fluid is going to go where there's any free space in that knee. So if we keep that knee moving and act like a pump, it can keep that fluid out of there. Um, and then just doing the exercise as well, trying to turn things back on. And let's the, the knee know that, hey, we're trying to get working through this and that's just not a protective measure and that the swelling is going to settle around there and not allow you to move. Okay. Now, as as you go further along in the rehab, I've,
1: I've always heard it said the athlete – Needs to be able to trust that the
2: that the injury is healed itself. What is what is what it meant by that statement? It's really a mental thing when it comes to this. So they were doing something they had done countless times before, and then that one particular time that caused them to have an injury. So when you go back out there again, what's stopping them from thinking, "Oh my God, could could this happen again?" So there's really a mental block because. They don't think about running. They don't think about cutting. They just do it. Now they have to think about it. So now there's that extra step, that um, split-second thing that they took for granted. now they have to put effort into thinking about what they have to do. And sometimes there's that hesitation saying, hey, I don't know whether I can do this with uh, confidence. So we see that as a big hurdle for some athletes coming back. Some athletes have dealt with injuries before and say, hey, I know I can work through this. I trust what my therapists and my surgeons have done. Other ones are saying, hey, I've been invincible up to this previous point. Now I've had this injury and I don't have the confidence I can get back to where I need to. So uh, we see sports psychologists get involved. We see there's Mm -hmm. a lot of just trust factors. So there's a lot more goes into it than just the physical rehab itself. I, I I was wondering, so it's it, it really is mental as opposed
1: to a muscle memory thing. Or I, I was even wondering if there would be, you know, uh, ligament memory in, in in some sense. But but we've we've seen Justin Houston uh, mentoring younger Ravens pass rushers, and one thing he does is he tries to do a lot of his reps against the dummy blind, so he knows he's getting his hand motions down without really thinking about it. Is there any of that that's possible with recovering from an ACL tear that would help that? Or is that, are we talking apples and oranges really in this case?
2: No, I'd say we're talking apples to apples here. So when you start getting into later aspects of the uh, rehab process, trying to go through those different um, techniques, just even step ups or sidestepping or, um, running you want to make sure that your pattern is consistent and that it's not going to be inhibiting problems later on as simple as uh running on the treadmill you want to make sure you're striking with your heel and pushing off on your toe if you are not getting full extension and hitting more of your midsole and pushing off that might inhibit the ability to fully push off the leg when you need it for sprinting later on so looking at those minor Uh, biomechanical changes that happen with the ACL recoveries. Of course, this goes for any injury. You want to make sure that everything else is working as properly as it was before. And you don't have to think about that stuff. When you have to start thinking about how you're altering your movements, that's when it's not crisp and clear. And then you might falter because that's not an automatic movement for you like it used to be. Mm -hmm. How about, about, is there any kind of a hallmark, that tells you an athlete's
1: back and fully recovered from the ACL and, and uh, just something
2: you look for, maybe is there, is there any indicator for that? Uh, there's a few different indicators you look at for what the strength testing is compared to one side, or the other, you look at um Single leg squatting, you look at the hamstring, uh, glute medius, uh, glute maximum strength. Uh, those are just the different muscles in lower extremity that can help you identify the power there. Uh, they have um, the exact name of it is escaping me but they can test how much power you're putting through uh your your knee kicking and and Mm -hmm. uh, bending to see how it is equal to the other side uh there's hop testing they there's also just a questionnaire because that kind of gets in the mental aspect of how do you feel about this stuff so they've gotten a lot better with this stuff than they did 30 and 40 years ago where it was frankly the dark ages when it came to ACL recovery. So they have a lot of standardized uh, metrics and outcomes that allow them to say, this player is ready based off these outcome measures we have that have been proven and backed by science and allows them to get them back out in the field of confidence. Okay. Outstanding stuff. Is there any, has there
1: been any improvement in terms of the amount of time over the last, say, five to 10 years
2: of recovery from ACL? Um, I'm not sure about time. I know the techniques have gotten better. Uh, They've just gotten better understanding when they can initiate certain uh, techniques and, uh, for example, open versus closed chain. Open chain being, let's say, kicking your leg out and there's your foot's not connected to anything uh such as the ground Close chain being like a squat where you're you might be bending your knee but it's all connected from the floor all the way up uh so they're getting better understanding of how much tension is on the acl when you're doing these movements if they can bump up some of these activities sooner then this could allow them to get back uh, another thing they've been doing more recently is uh, blood flow restriction training basically what that says is hey you can't do these certain activities with a joint, but we can train the muscle under um, anaerobic conditions and they can allow that to get more of a maximal contraction with less effort there. So they put a cuff over the, the muscle and they have you do, let's say 30% of what your one rep max would be. And that allows you to get similar benefits. So let's say you're doing as much as you can with that quadricep before. So really you're, you're doing a, uh, more with less and that allows you to build back quicker rather than w- having to wait for the joint to be, or the ligament to be fully healed before you can jump out to the next step. So there are finding little ways to kind of bypass um, certain things, to allow them to get back sooner. Okay. I think the, the $64,000 question for people in Baltimore is had
1: a lot of ACL injuries, frankly, over the last few years, uh, going back to, well, really since about 2015. Um, what science is there to try and avoid these at a better rate? Is there much on that yet?
2: Uh, There is a lot on on that. They look at the footwear. Um, They try to find that balance between, you know, you don't want, that stick too much because if the foot sticks in the ground when they're trying to pivot, it's going to get stuck and then it's going to put too much stress through the knee. So they want to make sure that they have uh, materials on the shoes that don't stick too much to the, the turf. Um, they've also found that turf versus grass, the grass is more forgiving um, and that the foot's not going to stick there. Uh, they find that warm up programs do help with getting the knee and the body is in self kind of uh Primed to get moving, and then they're not going to be doing zero to hundred right away. Um, they've tried some bracing; bracing doesn't help as much. So you see that on the offensive lineman, but that's more due to like a direct contact ACL injury. Mm-hmm. But some of the non-contact stuff is just trying to understand and be proactive about things. So if they can do screening, say, "Hey, you're landing funny," or "Hey, you're not jumping evenly," can we train on that so that when you are landing or cutting, you're not overloading the one area and then you're you know busting your ACL because you weren't training properly because um, that's just kind of what you were doing before. So they try to look for patterns and see if they can avoid. um, Is is that something they can do before the first ACL injury or is it something you usually do for someone who's already had an ACL injury? Maybe maybe there's a big fear that they'd be favoring, say, the other knee. Uh they could do it before. Uh so if there's a risk for some reason, um, or they could just do a general screening. The fact they for women's soccer, they do that a lot. They do less screening, they do warm up programs, and they found that really reduces that there. So they could take what they found women's soccer, transfer it over to those other sports, and they have uh, similar outcomes from what I've seen in the research, because um these warm-up programs can reduce the incidence. It's not gonna eliminate it, but it can reduce it.
1: Okay, and is there anything in in recent current medical contents or whatever that would tell you that there are new um, treatments on the horizon that are going to be breakthroughs? I assume sports is probably right on the cutting edge of everything with regard to ACL repair.
2: Um, I've seen some different stuff over the years. Uh, It's one of those things, like, you see it, you're like, oh, how cool, and then you don't hear about it again for a while. So um, I don't know that there's anything that says, you know, boom, this is going to be the game changer. I think if they could find a way to reattach the ligament that was torn as a whole, I think that could help increase the, um, return rate because then you're then sewing the ACL together instead of having to cut out what's left of the torn ACL and put a new one in and, and the body has to relearn how to, um, turn that tendon into a ligament so if they can figure out how to rejoin that ligament instead of having to replace it then i think that could increase it and then there is some stuff i think at boston that was doing that but i haven't seen anything where are saying hey this is the new approach and scrap everything else all right kyle outstanding stuff thank you for joining us this is a wonderful thing tell, tell
1: folks where people can read your work normally I'll talk uh so with you yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so I'm all over the place. I am at bang the bills. Um, on Twitter. Uh, I cover B- Buffalo bills, football, uh, primarily, but I also do work over at the game day, which is sports betting fantasy site. I contribute to Buffalo rumblings, uh, the SB nation site, uh, cover one. They do a little bit of everything with regards to betting fan or more, more fantasy uh, vi- video film breakdown. Um, I do some hockey stuff with die by the blade Uh, I'm kind of just all over the place with, with injury content, but I'm willing to talk about football. And if the Ravens are playing the bills, which we both hope they kind of are in the playoffs at some point, um, you can come to my site, banged You will find every, uh, publicly reported injury of every bill going back as far as I can find them. And you can see what their injury history is, what they're who's going to play that week, who isn't and just breakdowns each and every week of what is, um, was happening with the Bills, so I, I would want to say I'm the foremost injury authority when it comes to the Buffalo Bills outside of the team itself. All right, well then you can't expect them to be be telling the truth about what's going on necessarily. No, but I try to see see through
1: what the there you go. read between the lines with them. <laughs> there you go. All right, Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. Outstanding material, and we'll talk to you next time on film study.